back to the Dog Juice Pod, powered by Dimers.com. This is episode number 108, Thursday, January 7th, 2021, and a happy new year to all of you wonderful listeners out there. If uh, you're working in a gas station right now and you're checking IDs uh, for people trying to purchase liquor, you see that one in front of the year, you don't even have to look any further. You know they're over 21 now. Hope all of you had a healthy and safe holidays and you found a way to stay sane during these crazy, unprecedented times we're living in. Just a disclaimer here that the opinions expressed on this podcast are always my own and do not reflect the opinions of Play Up USA, Play Up Limited, or any of its subsidiaries. For those of you who did not catch last week's podcast, on January 1st, I started my new role as Chief Compliance and Legal Officer at Play Up USA. PlayUp is a very popular Australian betting operator, and PlayUp USA is about to be an exciting new sports betting operator here in the U.S. I'll have more details on the awesome stuff happening over at PlayUp in a future episode as we prepare to launch our mobile sports book in multiple states this year. If you didn't listen to last week's episode but you are interested in the sports betting industry as a whole, I highly recommend checking it out. And a special shout out to Jake for coming on to break down where things stand in the sports betting space here in the U.S. as we flip the calendar from 2020 to 2021, including the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on the industry and where Jake and I think things are going to go from here. It was seriously one of the most fun conversations I've ever had, and I just happened to have hit the record button for it. Jake's he's an all-star. His knowledge and his perspective is second to none, so... Definitely be sure to check that out. Uh, Check out that conversation if you haven't already. One of the things that we talked about last week is the dire, or soon to be even more dire, financial situation in New York City and and New York State in general, and Governor Cuomo's sudden willingness to embrace mobile sports betting as a means of generating additional and valuable tax revenue. And just yesterday, on, on Wednesday, it was all over the news again in the morning when Cuomo made it even more clear about those intentions, only to then come out and say that he wants the state lottery running things. As you could tell from last week's episode, I have some pretty strong thoughts thoughts on uh, where things stand there, and I plan to cover this topic in New York City, too, uh, more in upcoming episodes as that situation continues to develop over in New York. So be sure to follow that in real time. And as always, the Doggy Juice Pod is your home for the latest in state-by-state sports betting legalization. Let's talk nitty-gritty now, though. We have some big games this weekend, an unprecedented opening weekend of the NFL playoffs, with not four but six wildcard round games on Saturday and Sunday, and of course the college football playoff national championship game between Alabama and Ohio State on Monday night. So in this episode of the Doggy Juice Pod, I will take a look at those games. We'll also hear from the resident Doggy Juice Pod degenerate the Danimal to hear his picks for the weekend. So let's get right to it. I can feel it all the way down in my plums, getting all swollen. The college football playoff national title game, number one Alabama at 12-0 out of the SEC versus number three Ohio State at 7-0 out of the Big Ten. The game's on Monday evening at Hard Rock Stadium in Miami, Florida. The line opened around a touchdown, although curiously Pinnacle Offshore opened it uh, lower at around four and a half, although quickly shot up to seven that same evening when the lines opened up on January 1st. 
Uh, right now, as I record this late Thursday afternoon, I'm seeing a consensus spread of Alabama minus eight with a consensus total of 75. Uh, Pinnacle also interestingly opened the total in the lower 70s before it quickly moved up in line with the general market uh, last week. Uh, as we always say here on the Doggy Juice Pod, though, the one thing you can you could do as a better right away and that you should do right away to stack the deck in your favor is to always shop around for the best number and strive to always get the absolute best price that you can for whatever you end up playing. And another sober reminder that even though this is a national title game Monday night and all of America's eyes will be watching it for purposes of your bankroll, it means just as much as a Wednesday night Mountain West college basketball game. So your bankroll doesn't understand the difference. The money always prints the same, regardless of the game you're betting on. There's, It's not like you're doubling up or anything like that. So while the temptation may be there for you to wager a heavy amount of money on such a big game like this, just remember that this is only one single game. And also remember that this line, the line for this game, is going to be a lot sharper than almost any other line that you bet all year, simply because of the sheer liquidity involved, especially when the line has taken 11 days to hammer into place in the market. Uh, but that's not to say you shouldn't have some fun with it and throw some pizza money down in the game, maybe a prop bet or two, and Lord knows the legal regulated sports books here in Illinois and elsewhere will have a whole host of promotions to try and get you uh, to stay engaged during the game. Definitely take advantage of all the plus EV promotions you can find out there, and there are plenty, but remember this game... You know, a lot of big games like this. Maybe not this one necessarily, but you're looking at a coin flip. So, yeah, it's great and stuff to win betting a big game like this, but you're really just betting a a coin flip. And another thing to note, a topic I have discussed multiple times in future episodes, is the Moneyline favorite phenomenon in massive games like this that attract an enormous amount of betting handle from the public. Uh, You see it in, you know, in, in every Super Bowl every single year, but the tendency for public bettors to want to take a nice plus price on the money line for a plus payout on an underdog versus a a favorite. You know, the Joe public out there doesn't want to lay $250 to win 100 on a team. They'd rather bet the 100 to win 250. And sometimes we see in these bigger, higher profile games that the enormous amount of public money coming in on the, the underdog on the money line can actually end up shifting the money line in a way that's disproportionate to the point spread. So in instances where this works, you can actually find some nice value betting on a favorite money line right at kickoff, like in Super Bowls and then other outlier once-in-a-year type of games like this, the college football uh, title game. So oftentimes, this isn't to say this is a black-and-white thing at all, but you can often find a nice portfolio in some of these bigger games by taking the points with the underdog uh, on the spread for a fraction of your investment and that, you know, say plus six, for example, and then putting another portion of your investment on the money line on the favorite in a spot where the math actually works out in your favor from a long-term perspective and where you can scoop up both bets, obviously, if the favorite wins the game outright but doesn't cover. However, this year, with a total this big, uh, at 75 and ticking up, by the way, it looks like it might be going up uh, heading into the weekend, but laying the price on, on the favorite on the money line with Alabama is far from ideal due to the wider range of potential outcomes with a total in the mid-70s like this. But it's just something to consider and remember, especially as the Super Bowl approaches, that you can really find you know, 10, 20, even 30 cents of value, if not even more, on the favorite money line 
uh, relative to the point spread come kickoff. But a historical outlier this game is when it comes to the total in a national championship game at 75, 76. We've never seen one even close to this big, especially with two teams like Alabama and Ohio State. Imagine saying uh, that this would be uh, the total in this game would be 75 only two or three years ago. But yes, it is certainly warranted being in the 70s. However, I think we are getting a little tick of value on the total here, so much so that I actually have already scooped up some under 76 at the Canby books earlier in the week. Uh, those are 75 and a half right now at the Canby books as I record this, but I wouldn't be surprised to see that number uh, grow as kickoff approaches more public money pours in, and I'll be fine with adding even more. If this gets up to 78, then I'll really be uh, putting in you know a full unit position on the under. But in terms of the spread, my numbers make this game close to seven, just a tick under. So I do lean the way of the Buckeyes catching eight points. I would certainly get involved at 10 and possibly even at nine for something similar, something smaller. But besides my bet on the total and possibly a small wager on the BAM, a team total under uh, right before kickoff, and if it's 40 or higher, I'll likely be sitting on the sidelines when it comes to the point spread in this game, at least until live betting. But back to the total, another angle I love to look to play on in big games like this, especially in college football, are derivatives in the totals markets, namely first half and first quarters under, uh, to get into play on the notion that uh, oftentimes these teams and these big games and these players will come into the to the game more conservatively early on with players themselves not wanting to make the big mistake to cost their team you know, early on or taking that big risk early on and with offensive play calling more conservative as well. But we've seen that change, and especially the play calling of these offenses, just getting with the 21st century is why they're playing in this game, these high-powered offenses. But still, I think it's an angle you could see come into play on Monday night. Obviously, there's tons of talent on the defensive end for both of these teams. And now odds makers in the market in general are wise to this uh, first half describe you know the first half notion of, of more conservative play calling so and it is priced accordingly often now so don't think that you're getting one over the market by playing this angle necessarily but i do think that we we're seeing some nice value on the first half under here especially at 38 or higher but either way it's going to be a great game and the notion that ohio state is in a letdown spot following that big revenge win over clemson i think is a bit overblown it's hard to imagine that any players from either team can't get up for a national championship game so it's going to be an exciting one. Make sure to wager responsibly and, of course, take advantage of all the promos and bonuses that you can. But that's it for college football this season. It was a very nice year for us. We'll recap it next week. I'm sure what, end up, what ends up happening in the national championship game, but another winning year, year here on the Doggy Juice Podcast in college football. And it's time to move on now to the first weekend of the NFL playoffs. We're coming off the first regular season when there was a game on every single day of the week. It wasn't pretty, the 2020 regular season in the NFL, but the NFL got it done in 17 weeks with no Week 18, zero canceled games. They got all 256 in, and kudos to the NFL for making that happen, and also kudos to them for expanding the playoffs because holy hell is this weekend going to be a good one. Super Wild Card Weekend is here. We have six games, three each on Saturday and on Sunday in the NFC and AFC. Just a couple of quick macro points before I move into the actual games themselves. First of all, 
avoid futures bets, you know, pretty much always, and, and this is not a cut and dry rule, but avoid futures bets, especially at this time of year, and instead look to do a money line rollover on a team that you're looking to play. There's several reasons that you want to do that, but the most important reason should be your payout's going to be a lot higher if they end up winning the Super Bowl. Uh, the other nice thing is you can stop doing that at any point. Maybe the team gets to the Super Bowl and you've made enough money, you don't like the line, and you can enjoy your winnings that you've got to already. But at the same time, when you when you're Betting into a futures market, you're not going to get the price that you really should be getting, especially when you roll over the money line. Um, I wrote about this uh, last year in an article for for Bet Chicago that you can Google that breaks down the math on this. You can actually Google Super Bowl 54 betting strategy. It's actually the second result that comes up, and that math still applies this year, especially in these in, in a year with so much parity in a lot of these games. And another thing to remember is that in the playoffs, the lines are a lot tighter. It's actually pretty rare to see too much value, if any value at all, in most of these games, especially as we get deeper into the playoffs and into the Super Bowl. There just aren't that many games. And just like the college football national championship on Monday night, these games attract so much betting action and so much liquidity. Uh, And we also have 16 games of data to work with from these teams. Everyone is working on with all that same data and the same priors. So it uh, really sharpens out the market at this time of year. So you're not going to be finding these massive edges in the betting market in the NFL playoffs that you can find in you know, Big West games in college basketball at this time of year. So we have a slightly different playoff format this year, obviously. Only one bye week per conference with seven teams getting in. Uh, next week we'll have the three winners in each conference from this weekend, plus the number one seed in each conference squaring off. Uh, it's going to be tough for anyone to go in an unseat Kansas City and Green Bay on the road, but it's going to be an interesting thing to watch. I do think the Saints are obviously, and the market agrees, are best equipped to do that. I think the Saints could absolutely go in there and win in Green Bay, and something we might see. And honestly, the Saints might be money line rollover team you want to get on, but of course they're laying so many points against the Bears uh, this weekend, so it's really tough to stomach any type of money line bet on the Saints uh, to kick that one off. But um, Historically, the home team in the wildcard weekend performs very well against the spread, but per football handicapper Brad Powers, going back to 2002, and I'm sure a lot of you have heard this this week um, elsewhere, but with the start of the current divisional format in the NFL in 2002, there have been seven teams that have made the playoffs that uh, are 8-8 eight and eight or worse, and those teams are 6-1 and one straight up and 7-0 and oh against the spread in their first playoff game. And this obviously applies to Washington football team this weekend against the Bucks. I will be getting to that one. Let's move matchup by matchup, starting with the three Saturday games in rotation order. The Buffalo Bills laying six, a little bit of added juice now, six minus six minus one fifteen. I'm seeing consensus right now against the Colts. The totals at fifty one. Total move down uh, fifty one from fifty two. Looks like it's going to be cold weather there in Buffalo. But as we always say. The temperature itself is not enough to necessarily move a total outside of outlier temperatures. That's really the wind that you want to be looking at and the playing conditions in terms of the footing for the players. But uh, America's new public team, the Bills, they're laying that inflated. It's an inflated line here on my numbers, so much so so that I actually ended up snagging some of the plus sevens that were out there. I got it at plus seven, minus 112 earlier in the week. And even after my adjustments from last week and upgrading the Bills continuously, and the Bills are one of the teams I've upgraded the most over the course of the year, just to be clear, but I make that game, make that line 5.6. So almost a 1.5 point discrepancy at plus seven, which is pretty significant for an NFL playoff game. So uh, that line did snap back a bit. Uh, we saw some buyback on the dog, moved down to six. I agree with that move, but now it's um, 
I'm seeing more money showing on the bills, and the line is now moving up to 6.5 at some spots. At plus 7, minus 115 or better, I think it's worth getting into play on the Colts here, unless there's some unforeseen news that drops, of course, between now and when the game kicks off. That's going to materially impact who's playing in the game, but uh, I do think this line does get up to 7 by kickoff, just due to the sheer public money that should come in on the on the home team here, given the recent play of the Bills. So hold on and wait if you're looking to join me on this one on the Colts. Take that plus 7 around kickoff. Of course, there's 45% chance we lose that bet and the Bills blow them out and this game goes uh, ends up double digits. But hey, I'm fine with being uh, on the value side here, taking the points, taking the touchdown with the Colts. The Seahawks are laying three and a half. Looks like that one's ticking down. It's getting even close to closer to three now against the Rams. Total at 42 and a half. Uh, this line was four and a half, but the spread in this one has everything to do with the Rams quarterback situation, whether or not it's Goff or John Wolford. I have the downgrade from Goff to Wolford is around three and a half points on my stuff, but that's you know, with a healthy Goff. And with a healthy Goff in, I make the game around Seahawks two and a half after adjusting slightly for home field. This line has trickled down. That has everything to do with the news that Goff is practicing. It appears more likely to play than not. So essentially, right now, the market is telling us that there's a certain high percentage chance that Goff does suit up, but obviously not a 100% chance. And also you have to factor in the notion that Goff is not going to be at 100% when he does play, uh, but it does appear to be moving more in, in the Rams' direction um, in the market right now as I record this. But I like the under in this one, and, and I got into play at 43 reduced big at the Camby books, namely DraftKings, Bet Rivers here in Illinois. Uh, we know about the Rams' defensive prowess this year. Been all over that. They've been a great under team this season relative to market expectations. Uh, the Seahawks' defense. They've turned it around over the second half of the regular season. A lot of that had to do with their offensive play calling and the way that's affecting the pace of the game and the, and the defense, more time to rest and just less plays in general in those games. But they're slowing, yeah, they're slowing the game down more. They're playing the brand of football that Pete Carroll is more comfortable with now heading into the playoffs. Jamal Adams, he's a stud on that defense. Looks like he's going to suit up for this one on Saturday. So line has moved down to 42.5 now. You could find... It's 42 and a half or better. I think this is still worthy of a play, but I'm not 43. If you could find it, it ticks back up, then obviously add your position, but 42 and a half or better. I think this is still a good play. The Buccaneers are laying nine and a half at Washington against Washington football team. Total down to 44 and a half. The Bucks will without question be a public team here. They already are. Like I said a bit ago, since the NFL shifted its playoff structure in 2002, there have been seven teams that have made the playoffs with records of eight and eight or worse. Uh, those teams are six and one straight up and seven oh against the spread in their first playoff game. That obviously applies to, to Washington football team here. And if this line does hit 10, I will definitely be adding the ugly dog, the ugly home dog to my card. Um, one play that I do have, though, in this game that I've added to my portfolio was the under in this one at 46.5 earlier in the week. The market agreed with me on this one. Now it's down to consensus 44.5, which is a no play for me. But as I record this, the Camby books are at 45 minus 109 on the under. That is worthy of a smaller position on my stuff. So get down on that. If you're hearing this in time, I make that total just a tick under 43 on my stuff. So just enough to get into play on, on 45 with, with a nice, decent little edge there. And like I said, those Canby books are still at 45 right now as I record this. Before we move on to the three Sunday games, our pal the Danimal is here to let you know who he's on this weekend. What is up, everybody? It's your boy the Danimal checking in from beautiful Charleston, South Carolina. I got some playoff winners here. These are easy, easy picks. First one, you know it. 
Bills Mafia, my Bills. I'm a Bills fan. All over the Bills, all year. They're playing phenomenal football. Weather's going to be nice. This is a nice weather team. Buffalo blows out the Colts. They win by double digits. Bills going away. Second pick, Washington, Tampa Bay, under 45, 45 and a half, whatever. Washington's offense is so bad. They stink. They should have lost to Jalen Hurts. Doug Peterson is a fraud. Giants should be in that game anyways. Brady, they'll win. I'm seeing like, eh, 24-14. This game doesn't flirt with 45, under 45. Third, Baltimore, revenge tour. Ravens are hot. They're rolling. Titans defense is atrocious. Doggy Juice and I could score against the Titans. Give me Baltimore, three, three and a half. I don't think that half point matters. 55 point total, it won't matter. Ravens win by a touchdown. Last, I'm late to the game, I know. I wanted Saints nine, nine and a half. I don't care, I'll take 10. Bears stink, they're awful. Mitch is gonna be have to throw from behind. This is gonna get ugly, ugly, ugly. Saints win going away, 30-14-ish. Saints minus 10, there you have it. Bills Mafia, Tampa Bay, Washington, under, Baltimore, Saints. I'm heading to a rooftop bar. Let's go. Have yourself a weekend. All right. Thank you to the Danimal. Obviously, we are not aligned on that Bills-Colts game, uh, but at least the Danimal isn't laying seven points in that one. But we are simpatico on that Bucks washington football team under. Let's hope we cash that one. Let's close out the pod with a look at the three Sunday games in rotation order, starting with the rematch from last year. The Ravens are laying three and a half with uh, just a little bit of vig, and obviously we heard the Danimal just talk about this one. They're laying minus three, minus 105 consensus against the Titans in Tennessee, the total 54 and a half revenge game from last year. The Ravens obviously lost to the Titans. I think uh, that's being priced in here a little bit into the line, though. The recent run to close out the season as well for the Ravens. Uh, but the Titans' fatigue factor, certainly an angle coming into the playoffs. Arguably, they had no bye week th- uh, this year because of that week four situation with Pittsburgh. Uh, and, and the Titans played a lot of road games. I think it was five out of their last seven came on the road. A lot of travel recently to boot. So although the game's at home, there is a fatigue angle I'd be worried about. Derrick Henry is finally going to feel the mileage from all of those carries this year. I don't have a bet in this one. Three and a half is a bit steep. I lean Tennessee catching the three in the hook, but I'm mindful of those fatigue issues and obviously the revenge angle, so no play for me here. The total's close to getting into range for an underplay by me, but I really wanted to see 56 or 57 for something uh, semi-substantial in terms of an investment. So for me, this one's a pre-flop pass. The Saints laying 10 points to our hometown Chicago Bears. Total 47, 47 and a half, depending on where you shop. Our hometown Chicago Bears with their 8-8 eight and eight record weaseled their way into the playoffs and may have bought the current regime some extra time in the process, much to all of our collective chagrin in a year or two from now, potentially Bears fans. We shall see. But anything can happen in the playoffs, including ACL injuries to the other, uh, other 13 quarterbacks uh, for the other 13 playoff teams. And here we are with the Bears catching those 10 points on the road against the Saints in the wild card round. One thing I forgot to mention when discussing the Buccaneers game uh, that's taking place Saturday 
is teasers. And obviously we had a great year on teasers. It was a banner year for teasers here on the Doggy Juice podcast. Um, and in terms of two team six point NFL teasers, preferably with lower totals. And when you're not laying VIG of more than minus 120, um, that's you know, the classic Stanford Wong model, teasing through the three and the seven. Those are the teasers that we look to play here, bring you the nice mathematical edge. And there was a point earlier in the week, some books you could still get after the Buccaneers, uh, laying eight and a half, laying eight. I know FanDuel's at that right now. Uh, you can get the Bucks on a two-team six-point teaser down to you know down through the key numbers of seven and three, down to two and a half or even two. Uh, depending on where you shop, of course. The problem is pairing them with another team, and there was a point earlier in the week when the Saints were sitting at 8.5 on FanDuel because this line did open up a little lower, 8.5, 9 points. So FanDuel, there was a point in time there, and I'm regretting not tweeting this out on the official Doggy Juice Twitter account, but you could have had the Buccaneers tease down from 8 to minus 2 paired with the Saints um, from minus 8.5 down to minus 2.5, both through the key numbers of 7 and 3. Um, on a two-team six-point teaser. That's what I did on FanDuel. No longer available now, of course. You could tease the Bucks leg down, but you need something to pair it with. And obviously the Saints don't fit that model anymore, laying 10 or even 10.5 now at some spots. So that's that ship has long since sailed, unfortunately. you got to be quick to the trigger, obviously, um, on those. And it's just another reminder that you got to get after those teasers as soon as you can. But um, So yeah, as I, as I, as I noted... Uh, the Saints were a play there when you could have got both those two teams on a teaser, essentially asked both teams to win the game outright in their respective matchups, the Bucks and the Saints. But believe it or not, right now the Bears at above 10 are starting to show value on my numbers. And if this line hits 11, I will definitely be getting to play uh, for a smaller position at something even greater at north of 11. I doubt it gets there. But uh, even a reduced position at 10.5 I think might be fine for this one. If you're really looking to get into play, it's rare spot where I'm looking to bet on my bears in the marketplace. There have been times this year where the market was undervaluing them and they had some nice value. So it wasn't a situation like last year. It was pretty much fade city, but uh, the bears, I think not the worst spot on your card uh, catching 11 points. It could get ugly of course, but uh, they're moving into value territory. And actually, as I was recording that, I got a message from podcast regular, the sage, AKA better call Paul uh, with his picks for the weekend. So let's check out what he's on. Hello, everybody. Hope you had a great New Year's, uh, safe and sound. Uh, This is Sage, a.k.a. Better Call Paul, back for the NFL playoffs. Uh, This week, got a few, we got six games total, uh, a few that stick out to me. Love the under. Uh, It is currently dropped down to, I believe, 44 and a half of the Tampa Bay and the Washington football team. Uh, I did lock that in at 45 and a half. Uh, wouldn't go much further than that, but uh, definitely look for that to be more of a defensive battle than anything. Um, and then also the news with the Browns this week, um, with their our coach going to be out. I do like the Steelers at minus six. I know they played last week, um, but that's such a huge loss with the play caller. Not only the coach, but he calls the plays um, along with uh, their guard, who I believe is the best guard statistically in the league. Um, so I definitely like the Steelers in this case at the minus six. Uh, looking for the Bears. Uh, if it gets above 10, I'm uh, going to lay off. If it does get above 10, probably put a small little wager on that. Um, I think it's going to just be a low-scoring game. Not that I think the 
the Bears can win uh, as a Bears fan, but uh, in all honesty, I do believe it's going to be a low-scoring game. Um, so I would like that a little over 10, but uh, we'll see if we can get there. Hope everyone has a great first round of the playoffs, and we'll look to catch you uh, in the next round. Talk to you later. Bye. All right. Thank you to the Sage, a.k.a. Better Call Paul. You can find him at Better underscore Call Paul on Twitter. Always love it when I'm simpatico with you, brother. And uh, the Dimers bot over at Dimers.com at the quick pick section agrees with the Sage and with me on this one, showing a 3% edge and the Bears catching the 10 points. And then finally, the Steelers laying six points. Looks like it's minus six, minus 105 consensus in the market against the Browns. Total at 47. Browns, first time in the playoffs in 18 years, and of course they get hammered by COVID-19. Uh, I'm laughing, but, you know, in all seriousness, uh, it is affecting this team. And I've heard the phrase, oh, I see, only in Cleveland, that really applies to this situation. And those COVID issues have driven this line from a three-and-a-half point opener um, up to six. I even saw this get up to six-and-a-half some spots. Coach Stefanski, he's sitting this one now, it looks like. Um, due to COVID and his play calling is one of the Browns biggest strengths this year. Obviously that was the Browns were our doggy juice team of the year relative to market expectations before the season started. And obviously they cashed their season win total over for us. They made the playoffs. If you're able to get down on them to make the playoffs at a nice plus price, they got there for us. I think this team's arrow is definitely pointing up under Stefanski. He's brought the right guys around Baker Mayfield. And there's a lot of reasons to uh, to be excited about the Browns moving forward, but just a tough spot for them this week with Betonio out, a few of the other players hampered by COVID. But still, this line has moved, and, this, and, and there's another reason, too. There's, the Steelers have won 17 straight home games against the Browns. Obviously, a lot of those uh, were against a lot of terrible Browns teams during that stretch, uh, but it was a 38-7 to result earlier this season when these two teams played at Himes Field when they were healthy, um, for the most part. And extra time to rest now for Big Ben and company after... Obviously, they didn't have any time after that week four chaos with their bye week getting moved, and they were heavily fatigued down the stretch and obviously lost three games in a row as a result. I wish I got in this one earlier, obviously. I wish I had a crystal ball and could have foreseen these COVID issues with the Browns, but we have seen some buyback on the Browns now, which I think is notable, uh, the point of resistance in the marketplace. So if you're looking to bet on the Browns, you might want to scoop them out, uh, scoop them up now before this line moves down. But uh, no play for me on this one. I think this is going to be perfect for live wagering, though. So to recap, the bets that I do have in pocket this week in case the Lions do move back uh, without other news to accompany it, of course, because that would change the entire equation. But the Colts at plus 7, minus 112. I still think we're going to see that one close 7. It appears to be moving that way right now. Uh, the Seahawks and the Rams under 43. That's good for a slight, slightly reduced position at the current 42.5. And, a half. and uh, obviously that Washington football team and Buccaneers under at 46.5, which is no longer available. They call that good at 45 or better for a slightly reduced position, which is still out there at the Canby books right now as I record this. Um, but my favorite play of the week, obviously, my favorite play is that teaser on the Bucks minus two paired with the Saints to minus two and a half over at FanDuel. Just another prime example that you have to be opportunistic whenever you see favorable uh, numbers in the marketplace. All right, that'll do it for this episode of the Doggy Juice Pod. As always, follow the pod on Twitter and Instagram at Doggy Juice. And if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, if you've learned more about sports betting legalization, or if you've been adding to your bankroll over the course of the football season by listening, and we did have a very nice year with the podcast plays in college football and the NFL. 
then please spread the love by rating the Doggy Juice Podcast on Apple Podcasts and by leaving a review. It takes all 30 seconds and helps get this bad boy out to more people who can benefit from it. We're all about spreading the love here. And if you haven't entered it already, be sure to sign up for and play in the Dimers NFL Sweet Six competition brought to you by the Doggy Juice Pod. It's completely free, so 100% risk-free. It's easy to sign up, make your picks. For the Sweet Six, all you have to do is answer six questions, and if you answer all six correctly, you win $1,000. That's it. No questions asked, nothing else. There's just six questions, not even that tough, just things like who's going to win this game, who's going to be the first touchdown scorer in this game, will this game go over under... Yada yada. And just to sign up, just go to freetoplay.dimers.com, answer those six questions, go six for six, and take home $1,000. I'm likely going to be making a bit of a schedule shift on the podcast moving forward as we move our way out of football season, uh, likely with episodes being released earlier in the week, on Monday or Tuesday. I'm not sure about next week yet, though, but I'm hoping also to prioritize bringing more guests on to provide more evergreen content for you all. But either way, I'm very excited for what's to come for this podcast and for all of us in 2021. It's a new year, new chance to start fresh and elevate all of our endeavors to a higher level. Good luck with your action this weekend. Enjoy the games, and I'll talk to you all next week. Doggy Juice out. (laughs) 